Hello and welcome to another episode, a special episode of the Cover Vet Chat. This episode uh, will be a recording of the launch of the infographic based on the global principles of veterinary collegiality. This was a joint project by WSAVA and FECAVA with the idea that we try to improve the collegiality within the veterinary team, but also among veterinary peers that might be colleagues in the team or even our neighboring colleagues all over the world. This presentation was done on the 24th of March at the online World and European Congress. It is first an explanation what the infographic and the principles of collegiality are all about. And it will then be followed by a discussion between myself, Shane Ryan, the immediate past president of WSAVA, and his predecessor, Walt Ingberson. So enjoy this recording. And if you have any further questions about the document or would like to help us with translations, then please get in touch on vetchat at ficava.org or through our social media outlets. Enjoy the recording. Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to the Ficava Symposium. Um, great program put together for you on the global principles of veterinary collegiality and followed by a talk from Claude Vieta on uh, uh, veterinary behavior, animal behavior that is, and um, then a second session to follow that with well-recognized speakers. We'll uh, introduce them separately. So um, on our panel this morning, we have Wolfgang Goni from Vicava. would uh, like to say thank you very much to my dear colleague, Claude Beata, um, for allowing us this spot in uh, the Vicava Symposium. The CASA Symposium is on welfare in practice, which is a very, very important product, a project that has been led for uh, a considerable time by Claude. And uh, um, uh, luckily, we managed to get this spot in. And this is just so fitting because, you see, the global principles of veterinary collegiality USAVA Walt Ingberson, who very kindly sort of agreed that this was a project he was happy to support, and I quite honestly couldn't have done without his support. The next thing I needed was this here. This is a 17th century cottage in the woods of Sweden, where I was working during a winter with uh, unfortunately very little snow. I'm a very keen cross-country skier. Um, uh, but long nights, and I was lucky to have the right company for this project in Sweden. And if you do something like that, you need a thermos flask, you need some warm coffee, and if you have an internet connection, that helps certainly as well. So the fruits of this work were document that um, I call the sorts on interprofessional professional ethics for companion animal veterinarians or in recognition of the place where I uh, this document was um, 
um, established uh, the Falun document. Um, the, what it is, it's a summary of uh, three um, codes of conduct of three organizations. And once again, I had here this support from my colleagues at the VIP summit. So first of all, there were the principles of veterinary medical ethics of the AVMA. And I have to uh, say thank you to John Hume to uh, pass this document on to me uh, following our discussion in Toronto. Then there is from my own organization, um, the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, the code of professional conduct, which I think has served me always very well when it came to matters of intercollegiality. Uh, uh, and finally, there was a European Veterinary Code of Conduct from the FVE, which was given to me from Renz van Dobenberg, um, who again was very, very helpful in getting the basis for this. Why didn't we take more documents? Well, it's not a copy and paste exercise. We needed to have a base to know what is out there. And I found when comparing these documents, there were a range of items which were actually repetitive, so they were covered by everybody, but here or there were additional um, aspects, and I will come to that later. So the result of this are the global principles of veterinary collegiality. This um, is um, a document that has then to go through multiple uh, drafts. It was reviewed by both of our boards, uh, was seen by working groups. Then um, I passed it also on to uh, confidentially to uh, uh, some younger colleagues, to some of my work colleagues. We're talking about individual aspects. So there's a lot of personal experience also coming into this document. It was certainly not helped by COVID and then also by the postponement uh, of this Congress. Um, in September of last year, um, Walt passed the baton on to Shane Ryan, which was another um, a lucky event for us because um, Shane could bring in not like Walt and me, sort of the American and Western European take on this, but Shane working in Singapore and Asia could also bring in a lot of input from that part of the world. So this is then the final result, the global principles of veterinary collegiality. Um, this document in, uh, uh, can now be downloaded both from the WSAVA and from the FECAVA website for free. Uh, it's not a long document. It's not was never supposed to be one. Uh, it certainly is, I think, a good read. And I um, uh, recommend that you um, uh, take a closer look at it. Nevertheless, what is this document likely to achieve? I would say um, not very much unless we get it translated to the individual languages. So within just a matter, the, product, the, the, the document was launched in January. So um, uh, we, within a short period of time, got translations in Lithuanian, 
into Spanish, into Portuguese, into German, Slovenian, Slovakian, Polish, and now also Chinese. Further translations are planned into Japanese, Korean, Hindi, Estonian, and there are other translations in the pipelines. So far, this document has been endorsed by FIAVAC, which is this uh, South American, Spanish and Portuguese speaking um, veterinary association. And I have to say big thank you to our friends uh, Jordi Franch and uh, Joaquin Aragones for making the contact uh, with FIAVAC. Then FVE and UEVP have endorsed this document. PANVET, the Pan-American Veterinary Association has endorsed this. IFSA, the International Veterinary Students Association has endorsed this. AFA, the African Veterinary Association. EAVA, with the European Arab Veterinary Association has endorsed that. FASAVA, our friends from Asia are uh, supporting this and also EVM, EVM, which is a group of North African um, veterinary associations, um, have endorsed this document. Nevertheless, what is this document likely to achieve? And <laughs> to be quite honest, I don't think very much, because um, uh, this is a document that is easy to sign, and then it's put to the side, and who really is uh, needs it or uses it? And in come these two ladies here, who gave a picture uh, to this document. On the left is Andrea Kastelic Hirschek, um, uh, one of our colleagues um, from Slovenia, who is um, doing a lot of the marketing and the design for Fikava. And on the right is Petra Venta, a designer from Slovenia. And I have to say also thank you to the veterinary marketing team. They produced this. This is the infographic that is based on the uh, global principles of collegiality. And um, this is a very simple, concise document. It's telling a story. It engages the viewer, and uh, it is, although it is, uh, or partially because it is quite busy, actually it promotes discussion. So, um, what's the idea with this poster? The idea is that this is something you can put in the staff room. You can take this document, print it out, hand it out to everybody in a team meeting. And it defines a universal standard that we should see that we um, all agree with. And you can use it as um, a hallmark to see, okay, in how far are we, a benchmark where you can see, sort of ask, okay, in how far are we meeting these standards? In the UK, this links also very well up with the BVA. Uh, good, very, uh, good Veterinary Working Place initiative, which goes in the same direction. But similar things do not exist in a lot of other countries around the world. This document is from today on, on the WSAVA and FECAVA website, available as an English translation. 
it is free and other translations will come soon. However, let's have a quick, in the remaining minutes, look at the details here. Let's have a look at uh, the scenarios. First and foremost, what is important is that you respect your colleagues. And that is not only on the, on the level, peer level, the same, uh, same uh, uh, employment level, it, uh, it, it applies to the whole team. Everybody plays their role independent of their function within uh, a clinic. Don't discriminate. Well, we are in an environment where uh, or, or we have a situation that it took us until the 21st century with, um, with the Seraya Shunek Kamrai to become the first female president of the World Small Animal Veterinary Association. Um, uh, although we have over 50% female members, with Mandissa Green becoming the first woman of color being a president of the RCVS, how, why did it have to take us so long? So discrimination is still something that needs to be addressed. However, with me being male, middle-aged, white, I think I'm not probably the right person to speak here about discrimination. But when we talk about sort of this slide, it's not only discrimination in the historic um, meaning of the word. It might have other backgrounds. It might have with international veterinary teams now working together. It might have to do with different level of education, a different uh, academical background, a different cultural background. So just discrimination just doesn't have a place in a modern veterinary team. Communication, communicate openly and honestly. Communication, when we have a look at the, um, uh, uh, the results uh, of the Veterinary Defense Society in the UK, we find that a lot of reasons for um, uh, claims against veterinary surgeons, but also for disputes among colleagues is a lack of communication. We are just not talking with each other. You need to address an issue as fast as possible and have a, a lot of communication. In Sweden, they have this fantastic invention called Fika, which is it's a coffee break. It's nothing different, but it's so important. Teams need time to have a break. It's not only work. It's also the time between the working sessions that are so important. This here, never denigrate a colleague in front of others, is something It's not written in any of the codes of conduct that I was talking about previously. However, when speaking to colleagues, this is one of possibly the most hurtful and most disruptive um, uh, uh, activity that is pursued in a lot of clinics. And uh, this applies possibly not only to the veterinary field, on, uh, but also to our human colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, it not only applies to the veterinary team, it also happens, say, in front of clients that 
um, uh, bad comments are made about colleagues. That is as same as bad, and it has no place in modern veterinary companion animal veterinary, med uh, veterinary medicine. Uh, same as universities, um, that uh, first opinion practitioners, the work of first opinion of practitioners is criticized in sometimes a not professional way. It has to start at the universities that this is not happening. And the way to do it right is a face-to-face -face or is a personal communication or discussion about something if you are not happy with something, but certainly not in front of others. Mm -hmm. Then allow and listen to criticism. There are two parts of this. Allow criticism, listen to criticism. So, it's not only a matter of uh, um, uh, taking it in, um, and uh, the person who is criticizing you must be able to do so without running the risk of further consequences. So a team that's not allowing criticism will stagnate. Mm -hmm. Consider early mediation to resolve conflict. Not all conflicts can be resolved, so because of that, see that you get a third party in that can be an individual, that can be an organization. Be aware of health, well-being and safety of yourself and your fellow colleagues. Also this is, especially in the current situation, the pandemic, so important. And we very clearly say, look after yourself first. It's in an aircraft that goes down. Put your face asked on uh, your uh, first and then help others. Look after yourself because this is as veterinarians who care about uh, our patients, we are often used to look more for the other for others than for ourselves. Look after yourself as well. This is important. This is also just so important. Share your knowledge. Give your support, especially to younger colleagues. And I'm, say, uh, I'm saying this should be a proactive process. Don't wait for them to ask, can you help me? Can you show me this or that? Offer them to show them this or that. Say, well, are you, uh, do you like me to, to operate together with me? So this is important. If we want to grow as a profession, we as the senior members of the profession have to make a move here. Mm -hmm. Then this is taken from the RCVS Code of Professional Conduct, but it has helped me a lot over the years and it's much appreciated. Provide clear and comprehensive notes for referral patients. The referral process can happen in different scenarios. This might be a referral process within your clinic or to a colleague which you actually have sanctioned, but it might also be that an owner decides, well, I'm going to a neighboring colleague. Mm -hmm. So in that case, be a good colleague, forward your notes, because what comes first is the welfare of your patient and not your pride because they chose you over somebody else. This is strictly seen, continuing professional education and your commitment to it, uh, not at first sight a conduct or a collegiality issue, but if you look at it closer, you will understand that if you don't commit to continuing professional, develop, uh, professional development, you are letting your team down and you are 
letting the profession down. We all have to continue uh, uh, subscribe to the concept of lifelong learning. Finally, and this is something that where I have to speak from the heart. Uh, this is something I only found in the European Veterinary Code of Conduct that you should support and play an active part in the professional organizations. Where would we be without organizations like WSAVA or FECAVA or the FVE? These are all colleagues that give their free time, they volunteer to, to make the life and the work we are doing better for all. And it is, uh, it is a requirement if you want to consider yourself as a good colleague that you join with this. Especially in the current pandemic, we have seen further dwindling of membership uh, uh, figures of a lot of our organizations. This shouldn't be the case, especially now. It is important that you make a move and join these organizations and lend your help. That might just be for a limited period of time, but everybody is asked to do a little bit. So what are the future plans with this? The infographic will be translated as the global principles were. Um, we are seeking endorsements through all national veterinary associations. We would like to have further endorsements through the corporate veterinary groups. Yes, even through individual veterinary clinics. We want to engage other players in the veterinary industry, veterinary nurses, paraprofessionals, um, it's a whole veterinary spectrum, and we might even reach out to other professional bodies. Um, if you uh, would like to um, offer translations or like to request the translation of this and uh, for your own language, please get in touch on info at ficava.org where we will organize this. Um, Please keep us informed when you see these posters and see these posters in work, whichever country you're on, we want to hear from you. So um, that was my presentation and I think it's now time for questions and also uh, for our other panel members. I'm sorry that it took a little bit longer that, uh, uh, well, it's an important subject, I think. Thank you very much. Thank you, Wolfgang. A wonderful presentation, wonderful idea, and uh, as you said, uh, the the efforts that individuals make make all the difference when it comes to uh, national organisations. So, um, taking a break now for before questions. I think I think we should go straight into questions. Okay, so I'd just like to start with one question. Men, um. I'd love to address certain issues at our own clinic, but I'm afraid that if I do so, I will be considered to be a troublemaker, might lose my job. What would you say to that, Beth? Any of you, or shall I answer that? You start, Wolfgang. Yes, yeah. If, if this is the case, have a look. I mean, be a little bit diplomatic. Is it you? You have to raise the issue. Can you maybe raise the issues uh, anonymously? Or as I said before, as uh, uh, was written before, 
might it be worth getting an outsider in so that that the the, the spotlight is not so much sort of put on you um try to work around it, just not to expose yourself too much. I can understand that some employers might not take it lightly and uh, uh, might be offended by that, but it, there might be a way around to uh, to do that. This poster, <laughs> it's a great thing. Just just put it in the staff room when nobody sees it and, and see what's What's happening? Maybe it starts a discussion. Maybe you might find, oh, it's not only me; it's it's the others as well. So then, maybe sit down and 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 uh, nobody can put the blame on you. And to be quite honest, uh, if you work in an environment, if you have the opportunity where uh, a discussion like this is not allowed, ask yourself: Are you working in the right clinic? Are you working with the right people? So maybe. It's time to move on. If, if, if this is not acceptable, if something simple like this cannot be discussed, then maybe you're not working at the nicest clinic. So as I said, I mean, not everybody is in a, in a position to, to, to drop their job. So we should be very, very careful there. But, but as I said, there are ways around it and this might spark uh, a, a, a discussion. And then by all means, Blame us, blame Walt, blame me, blame Shane. It's our fault. <laughs> Say, well, I didn't come up with the with the idea. It was these people at WSAVA or at Fecava. <laughs> and have so look. while Wolfgang's coming up for air, I'll just quickly say, as a business owner for you know many many years, I'd rather know what's going on as long as it's not petty or vindictive or maybe unduly personal, it's far better to know this because as Wolfgang rightly alluded to, if you're working in an environment where you cannot raise these issues, that environment is going to get, I don't like the word toxic, in fact, I really dislike the word toxic, but it will get a more unpleasant, unhappy environment for people to work in. So it's far better if possible to air these grievances. And if the person who is maybe the person you need to report to is not receptive to that, go to another colleague and get them to help you and enlist their support as well. The whole idea of collegiality is it doesn't have to be you against the world. It's everybody in this together. So if you need support, ask for it. And I would just say, sorry, if I could just jump in. I mean, I think the diplomatic and one of the principles don't denigrate your colleagues in public. So as Shane said, if this is an issue, discuss it with the leadership within the practice understand the dynamics that brought us to this point, realizing that there's multiple people involved, not just one, but always come with solutions because solutions pave the way forward for resolution and probably not just for the individual, but for the team as a whole. Yeah, good point, Walt. And I mean, what employers have to remember, all the things I, I, I said, they make also good business sense. I mean, a happier team is a more productive team. You have far more staff retainment. I mean, ask yourself if everybody is moving away from you after six months or so, why is this? So maybe having a better environment in your team is quite helpful. So it's mm -hmm. actually, you, your employer should be happy if you raise this issue and yeah. try to. Yeah, collegiality is an important component of mental well-being and mental just overall well-being and mental health. So I think it's very important to look at all aspects. I mean, if we focus on technical 
prowess or animal welfare, that's great, that's important, but you can't have just those and ignore these other important uh, aspects of life, because that's what it is, life in the veterinary practice, and everybody's in this together, and we support everybody. We all go home reasonably happy at the end of the day, and we look forward to coming back to work tomorrow instead of going, oh, goodness, I don't want to do that. And that's when your uh, absenteeism, that's when your dissatisfaction with uh, jobs, et cetera, starts to increase. So I think that uh, collegiality is something that's not usually in a code of ethics. It doesn't really address that, and Wolfgang alluded to that. This is something that can be looked at as a standalone, but in companionship with a code of practice or a code of ethics as well. So I have a question, second question then that came in. Um, issues like poor pay and long hours, um, how do they fit into this jigsaw about collegiality? Um, you know, because there's, there's a, for arching everything is a, a business, a small business or a large business. And, you know, there's pressures there that, you know, probably can interact this collegiality uh, efforts. Um, Jane, would you have any thoughts on that? Any of you? I don't think necessarily that they're, they're directly linked. They're indirectly linked, certainly. And it goes to job satisfaction and appreciation of the person being shown in some other form, such as a monetary one. But collegiality talks about how you interact with your um, colleagues, with your other professionals, but also with the members of the public. And if you're not being recompensed appropriately, then you have an issue. But you are being recompensed as far as that practice can afford to do within reason, then I don't think that that's part of the problem. That is a different issue altogether. And that may come under job satisfaction but not from a mental health or collegiality aspect. It's a different sort of viewpoint. Especially, I mean, with especially when, when you talk about long working hours. I mean, this is if this is then starting to cause collegiality problems. So, for example, mental health problems, or if people are just constantly stressed and show really uncollegial behavior because they are just completely exhausted, then then it really needs to be it needs to be addressed. So it's linked with each other, but it is not strictly seen sort of um, uh, a, a core subject of this collegiality issue that we would like to raise. But it it's a sum of things. Mm -hmm. So it's at the same time, the same time, it is also based on the foundation of uh, the collegiality, in the sense that to solve this problem, you need to first raise the problem. And to raise the problem is done through respectful communication. And again, um, there are several solutions looking at scheduling, looking at different models of compensation, maybe individually or with the group of people on the team with shared concerns, there can be an opportunity to A, provide a, other solutions to addressing the problem and even the offer to take the lead in implementing some of those solutions. Again, bringing the team back together to solve it collectively. Thank you, Walt. It's a big one, that financial recompense is an issue worldwide, I think, in companion animal practice. Um, just one other question then, um, as we round this off. Um, would you have any comment on collegiality as a problem, a bigger problem among veterinarians than other professions? I mean, I can't speak for other professions. I think 
in general, we are actually pretty collegial uh, uh, um, profession. I think, I think all, all, all together what I've seen, I think in general, it's quite often so that, 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 that teams are working well together. So, and, and, and you can see that with a, with a great Congress like this, I mean, there's, there's a good reason why there are a lot of happy faces, but there's always room for improvement and there are bad apples. And uh, so I think we all have to strive to improve the collegiality, the way we conduct ourselves towards our peers. I think sometimes I the collegiality... Sorry, what? No, oh, I was Go just going to say... Thanks. I, I was just going to say sometimes we're all collegial as veterinary professionals and peers in a working team. It's the competitive nature of business and being down the street from a colleague that can often create some strife. But I think at the end of the day, if we collectively realize it's the patient that's at the center of all we do, whether it's as either as an individual, as a practice or as a profession, I think hopefully that will bridge the competitive nature of the business components of what we do. Sorry, yeah, Shane, I agree with uh, Wolfgang and with Walt that, yeah, that uh, collegial, as a profession, I think we're extraordinarily collegial. We can go anywhere in the world and, and meet people and talk to other veterinarians. And for the most part, we are very welcomed. Sometimes there is a little bit of, as Walt alluded to there, commercials or competitive spirit uh, against the vets. But I don't think in most cases it spills over too badly. And I think it does vary a little bit from culture to culture. It's a little bit different in Asia, uh, where you tend to have a, shall we call it a more Confucian, maybe look at uh, respect for elders and things like that. So it does vary uh, a bit like that. But I think in general, we're probably one of the better ones. In my experience, I've got a brother who's a dentist, I have friends who are lawyers, I'd rather be a vet. Great, um, guys, Wolfgang, Walt, Shane, thank you so much for this session. We have to draw it to close now, but hopefully this is just the start of uh, a picture of global uh, collegiality amongst veterinarians, and we'll get to see this document in all our own clinics. I certainly am going to print it off and put it up on my staff room. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Danny. Thank thanks, you. Wolfgang. Thanks, Walt. Yes, thanks for leading this, Wolfgang. Enjoyable morning. Good start to the morning. Absolutely. <laughs> so you have a bit more rest then, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Guys, bye now.